because I was thinking, right, you know, it was like a seven, seven or eight o'clock gig. So oh. I was thinking, this, it'll be, she'll be all right. She'll be able to stay awake. She'll enjoy. And I could see her as Marty Pellows, you know, singing "Lovers All Around." She was, be, she was beginning to look a little bit drowsy. Hello, I'm Dave Berry, and three and a half years ago, my daughter Evie was born, as was this podcast, My Dad Pod. And over the years, it has given me a great excuse to speak to a range of interesting people about their interesting lives, and of course, a bit about parenting. And this time out, I'm joined by a singer-songwriter and frontman of chart-topping, Brit award-winning band Keen. He is also a father of two. It's Tom Chaplin. Hey, Tom. Hey, Dave. Welcome along to the Dad Pod. I'm very excited to be here. Um, something I'd like to start by asking, uh, it's become a bit of a fascination with me when I've been fortunate enough to, to speak to musicians and songwriters. It's about how creative you were during the pandemic slash lockdown. Because I uh, very early on in all of this, I spoke to Paul Weller. Right. Yep. And he'd written like a hundred albums and he'd recorded them all and they're yeah. all ready to go yeah. and he's going to drip feed them to us over the coming years. I spoke to Serge from Kasabian yep. who said he felt totally bereft of any kind of creativity and he spent his time building dens with his right. kids is what he said. Nice. So what about you, Tom? Where did you fall? Well, initially I wasn't very creative at all. Well, I suppose in a, in a fathering sense <laughs> okay. I was quite creative. So when... Uh, we, my wife was about, what was she, seven or eight months pregnant when the March lockdown hit. Okay. So, so many, your son was born in 2020? He was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in many ways, uh, you know, lockdown was kind of fortuitous for me as a dad because I was able to just be at home. And it was that lovely spring, you know, the weather was gorgeous. Yeah. We were down in the countryside and I was able to be there 24-7, which was really lovely and particularly just sort of helping out more okay. than anything else with the so uh, even if you tried to sneak off to go and, and pen a ditty um your, your partner wasn't going to let that slide no, no. <laughs> well and the thing was as as it you know it sort of rumbled on a lot longer than we all hoped didn't yes it? true and as as it did i think that i i did start to feel quite um reflective and i did want to start writing and so during that period i started to write more and more and more and suddenly this yeah a whole flood of songs came out of me sort of during the, the sort of latter half of uh, of of the pandemic right okay yeah. so there's there's new music to come at some point there is yes new solo music oh yeah. very exciting yeah. okay yeah. um you mentioned there you know a, a great time to kind of be at home um with a newborn and, and and be a parent and it's such a special time um with your daughter who was born in 2014 and mm. and evie was too young really but we got a small sense of that um the panic surrounding you know how you know her social skills being taken away from her <laughs> yeah. and you know and we we all talked about those you know homeschooling heroes and mm. and all of that stuff did that enter your world was 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 that a concern for you um i think it probably was um i'm trying to think i mean I've, I've i feel like i've got quite selective amnesia about everything <laughs> yeah listen i know I'm, I'm trying to drag people out of this to talk um, about it but it's not easy i, I appreciate uh, that i mean i think it was it was very difficult especially freya my daughter she so she was sort of uh, what was she six when it hit okay and sort of right in the heart of kind of uh, of, of school and having all her mates and it kind of still being a, a real laugh for her at that mm. point. So I think she really missed the social side of it. Um, and 
And of course, the initially, I, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure many parents remember how difficult it was trying to work the the whole online learning thing, and the teachers yeah. hadn't quite got a grip of it mm. either. And we we all felt like we were doing way too much, trying trying to be teachers way too much. And I fell out with Freya. Oh, did you? so many times <laughs> over homework, and so yeah. I, was like, I was just like, you know, I thought I, I would be the worst teacher. I mean, my whole family are teachers. My parents, your were dad teachers. Was, a head, was a headmaster, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was, you know, I, a bit five minutes of trying to do maths with Freya. Oh. Like, I'd be wanting to sort of throttle her and say, <laughs> how can you not see the answer is that? You know, uh, so I, my admiration for teachers just went through the roof during that period because I realised how much patience they've got. It's strange, Tom. I, I, I really admire you because I, the opposite happened to me, really, which was uh, Evie was too young to be at school in age, but I tried to help my nieces out. Um, Penny is around the age of six and it was trying to help her out of her maths homework that I realised that I think I am probably key stage three at maths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really rather embarrassing. Like, right. it was quite, I got quite reflective about I need to have a long, hard look at myself, yes. you know. Yeah, um, yeah, fair uh, one of the other things, that, of course, is back on the agenda, which is very exciting, is live music. So mm. many people, um, you know, are going to gigs again and going to festivals. And, and I wondered... How is that on kind of the the artist side of the fence? Because from a social perspective, you know, people are getting to put their arms around their mates again and have a beer and look forward to booking tickets to that thing. Um, is it nice for you to be seeing other musicians or planning those gigs and knowing that you're going to see the boys and have a drink? Is, is, is that been exciting for you? Whereas possibly, and I'm not casting any aspersions against you or any other artist or band, but maybe you would have previously been just jumping into the people carrier and off-site right. you go. Yeah, well, this is funny because I've got a real ambivalence about, about performing live. Part of me adores it and and you know and of course I've been doing it for years and it's one of the things I do best right but at, particularly as I've got older and I think again interesting enough linking up to being a parent I think that I've become more self-conscious about what it what it actually is right you know okay. and, and because the way I perform is quite kind of um exuberant sort of you know in the Freddie Mercury mold um n- not quite as good as Freddie Mercury but you know what, well, it, what, I've heard you do the um, <laughs> Don't Stop Me Now vocal warm up okay, Tom when we enough. met a couple of years back don't, doing yourself right. down very good but you know I'm, I'm, I'm of that sort of I have that exuberant nature on stage and sometimes I think to myself what am I doing I'm too old to be prancing around <laughs> like this you know showing off effectively which is what it is you know you, you kind of once you've got kids you kind of want to hand that responsibility over to them Yeah. so there's a part of me that has this kind of slight um, anxiety about it and particularly because there was that big gap about you know we've been suddenly we we left and met we were in america when covid really hit so we had to fly back in the middle of a tour and so then we had two or three years of nothing yeah and um so i had this kind of anxiety about going on back on stage and it and it kind of built and built and built i thought do you know what i'm there i'm not sure i'm that worried if i never have to do it again you know, and then of course, as soon yeah. as I got out there, I was hanging out with the other lads from Keen, and we we did all these gigs that have been pushed uh, back to mostly this summer. Actually, I've really loved it. Yeah, <laughs> and love love showing off again, and love being out there. Well, the fans will love hearing yeah. that. Um, well, have you have you family seen you perform live? I mean, I, I presume your partners come along over over the years, but has there been a, a particular <laughs> gig or festival where you thought this is an ideal time to bring my two kind of worlds together? Um, it's very difficult to do. My wife, uh, she, we've been together nearly twenty years, but she so, and she came 
in the early success of Keen, she came to America thinking this will be great. I'll go on the tour bus and hang out with guys for for a few weeks. Right, okay. Within about three days, she'd yeah. had enough. She was so bored. <laughs> oh, did you try and did you try and keep up the illusion of? No, there was, no you just got to be. It's like we're now driving for seven hundred miles. <laughs> we're going to play some cards. You're either in or you're out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're now in, in this massive shed on the edge of town, and you've got to sit on the bus all day and hang around until we do our thing, and yeah. then come off stage all excited. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, yeah, but we've got a sound check at one, so you got that to look forward <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, I'm afraid that that was the last of the tours that she came on. I mean, she likes coming to see us play live every now and then. Of course, um, but as in terms of my children, I mean, yeah, Gabriel is the youngest. He's 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 too young. Yeah, wouldn't have a clue what was going on. But Freya, she came to Glastonbury uh, oh. a few years ago. I played on the acoustic stage, um, and she came along to that. Marty Pello was on before us. Okay, and. For some reason, he overran by about an hour. Marty and- Pello overran at Glastonbury <laughs> by an hour. I just wasn't <laughs> yeah. expecting that sentence to be uttered no, on the dad pod no, today, no, Tom. You don't. Well, there we go. But he, so, and so, and I could see. I was looking at Freya, and she was getting more and more. Because I was thinking, right, you know, it was like a seven, seven or eight o'clock gig. So oh. I was thinking, this, it'll be, she'll be all right. She'll be able to stay awake. She'll enjoy. And I could see her as Marty Pello was, you know, singing "Lovers All Around." She was, be, she was beginning to look a little bit drowsy. And uh. so, the, the one time when she's had an opportunity to see us. She slept in in the sound desk. By the sound desk, she slept through the entire gig. So <sighs> ruined she... by wet, wet, wet. I <laughs> mean, yeah, my Pello, goodness. He's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, when you are away uh, from the family, and I understand that the complexities of making all of that work, mm. you've explained them brilliantly. Is that um, is that a time when you really, really miss the kids? Or is it a time when, <laughs> you know, where this is going, you get to go up to your hotel room, you put your little key card in yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, bliss. It's like going on holiday. <laughs> I laugh. Someone had the guts to say it. I even said it on stage the other night. I mean, it, on, the thing is, it, it, to, be, to, be, to be kind of more yeah. serious about it, like, I feel like I've, I've worked really hard to balance my life these days. And I could go out on the road the whole time. I could be recording, making new records. I could be one of those really absent musical dads, and I know there are a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of people in the entertainment industry they, they sacrifice a lot of their home life. But I feel like I've really worked hard to make sure there's a balance. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, it's a compromise on both sides. You know, I, I'm aware that every time I go away, it's kind of damaging for for my kids and for family life. But on the other hand, you know, I get to go on holiday. No, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, I am I'm, I'm bringing home the bacon and I'm sort of, you know, getting to do something that makes me a happy person. So uh, it's, I think it is, it's a really difficult balance to strike. And I think you have to, certainly after a while, I think you have to accept that it's... Um, uh, you, you, you know, you have to you have to probably give them more time uh, than you than than you, oh well than you want to. I don't know. Um, y- yeah, you just have to sacrifice a bit more of your own selfishness for them. When you're when you're kicking off your shoes, you're laying on your hotel bed. You need to yeah. know in your mind's eye that you have spent enough time <laughs> and been loving enough of your kids that this is absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also as well, I, I suppose it come it becomes about. And you, you talk about bringing home the bacon, and it's it's not just your you know you you are um, providing for the family, but also 
you're providing based on the fact that millions of people around the world want to hear you, they want to see you, you have to provide for your fans as well. Right. And then there's the balancing act. Yeah. And that's when, and I'd be interested to know, you, you need a great partner. Yeah. You need someone who, who, who is going to be there and understands why mm. you are not there on those occasions. And I suppose you need to, you know, that's why the Glastonbury thing, even though Marty Pello ruined it, it's quite, <laughs> it, it's quite nice for Freya to see why Daddy's away. Yeah. And why he's going to be away for a prolonged amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it's fair, I think it's, for her, it's been quite abstract up until quite recently, you know, because... It, it's just that's how she's she thinks oh daddy's on tv sometimes and daddy's on stage sometimes so for her it's normal mm-hmm. or has appeared to be normal but i think she's now starting to realize that oh it's quite an odd thing that daddy does that for a job it's not like run of the mill um and obviously some she's going to get nudged by her friends at school oh, so you saw your dad on the mass singer or whatever it might be you know <laughs> Um, yeah, and so yeah, so she's yeah, so I think she's trying to sort of come to terms probably with that, with how strange that is. But yes, I mean, as you say, any chance to try, try and sort of include her in our strange little bubble is probably a good thing. Yeah. And I think as well for her development as a person, it's it's nice that she thinks it's strange. Yeah, yeah. you know, you would imagine there are a lot of kind of stars in this world whose children don't understand why this is unusual or this is odd and I think yeah. it's it shows decent well, grounding and parenting for, for them to be right. aware that it's it's unusual. I, know, I mean I know there are a lot of I, I know of artists, I'm not mentioning any names, no. but they, who kind of take their kids around the world with them on tour buses and I just don't think that's a healthy environment for kids to be living in at all really and it's yeah so so I think keeping the two things quite separate and as I said earlier you know making sure you you commit enough to your home life is really important Mm -hmm. so let's talk Mars Singer because Mm. a a hugely popular show and that in itself is a reason to do it you sounded great you looked incredible (laughs) by the way I can't believe you're wearing the outfit now for this still Tom I I can't let go of it Um, but but I read and whether this is true or not um, that you did it because your daughter was a fan of the show and her friends were and you were looking forward to that moment is there any truth in that there's definitely some truth in that yeah I mean I think the um, it just it's such a Crackers concept, and I, I think my wife and I and Freya had we we kind of we don't normally watch Saturday night TV, but I think probably pandemic related, we'd been in more, and so we'd seen the Mars Singer, and, and uh, Nat, my wife, so she said, uh, you know, would you ever go on it? And I said, I probably would, because it's 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 kind of different enough, and it's not as it's it doesn't well to me at least it doesn't seem a kind of desperate attempt to sort of. Squeeze, no, squeeze great the last Saturday bits night out fun. of your career. You know, yeah. it's just it's just yeah. just fun, and um, and obviously for if you've got kids, you know, I mean, they, hopefully they're gonna have a blast watching it. So, but here's the thing: I mean, Freya watched it and she enjoyed it, and we all enjoyed it together. And I thought, right, well, okay, if they ask, I'll do it, and they did ask. And, wow. Um, as it turned out, when it then came on the TV, obviously it films a few months before it comes out so I I knew exactly what was going to happen to me uh, and so we we would put it on we didn't want to say to Freya like because you've oh, got to keep it let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's sit down and watch The Masked Singer you know we just kind of had it on yeah. in the background she could not have been more disinterested oh no <laughs> no <laughs> she kind of mo- oh, moved on from The Masked Singer oh wow you know? um, 
So it was a bit of a struggle sort of to try and get her watching it. And she had a, a, when she did, she had absolutely no idea that it was me in the poodle outfit. And, and in fact, because, I mean, I, we just thought it would be so obvious. Firstly, my voice. And secondly, uh, my wife's obsessed with poodles. You know, we've, well, we've got a kind of mixed breed now, but it's, yeah, you know, dogs are a big part of our Poodle's lives. a big thing, OK. And, and so we just thought, Freya, she'll put two and two together. Uh, and she didn't at all. And so it got to the week where I was about to be voted out and I had to sit her down and say, now, look, you, you know the poodle on The Masked Singer? <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. I was like, that's me. And she just, she just looked at me like her, with a sort of thousand yards stare <laughs> as though, what is he talking about? You know, this man is a lunatic. And I sort of, yeah, then had to explain to her that it was me. It was me. And, and I, I did and it I, for you. And I, yeah, I did it for you. And, and, and this is the week where I get voted out, you know. Um... Because I thought she probably needed to know that, um, and uh, and then uh, uh, and then she proceeded to cry. So oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh no! Oh goodness me, Tom. What I was kind of hoping would come out of the Mars Singer in terms yeah. of my family, it didn't materialise in the way I expected. But there we go. Were That's our friends life. excited? Did oh, you yeah, get well, any I'm, reports from school? At least well, there must be some yeah, light at yeah, the end I of this tunnel. Once, once, once it had, once the show had aired. Yeah. Where I got knocked out and was obviously revealed. Uh, then, then she she was she had some bragging rights and and they and yeah her mates had enjoyed it and it was quite exciting for them all. So uh, it, it there was a little tiny payoff at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lovely thing to do, um, Tom. It's it's great to see here and it's great to hear you talk about you know kind of touring and and being a family man and getting the balance right and you know the, the news of some new music a solo project coming you know this year is is really exciting for myself and, and all of the fans and, and one of the reasons it's, it's so great to see you doing so well is you've had some difficult times you've had some mm. personal battles yeah. and you told the Telegraph newspaper that, that your wife and your daughter were hugely helpful during, during this time um, can you tell us about the positive impact that they, that they had well they I think they sharpened my focus basically okay. I mean I I've, yeah so 2014 was the year Freya was born and my problems with addiction had been you know, in and out of my life for many years by that point. And so, and in fact, that year, whilst it was, it had many highlights and many periods of sobriety, 2014, when when she was born, it was also, it was also the worst, we saw some of the worst patches of my addictive behaviour. And I, and I, you know, I was really, I was quite quickly killing myself. I think that was that was the truth of it. I was physically, I was an absolute ruin, uh, uh, you know. And I was just not present, and and I could just see, or I could start to sense the effect that that was having on my wife. And certainly, I mean, even it's interesting because my wife's a psycho psychotherapist, and part right. of her speciality is dealing with attachment, which is a a side of. Um, uh, psychotherapy that's sort of gained a lot of traction, and you know, a guy called John Bowlby, who's a who's a who's a very um, uh, sort of profound thinker, and um, you know, so the this notion that everything that a baby sees in its first six months of life is absolutely integral to how it turns out as a as an adult. You know, these right. things are really important. <clears throat> all the mirroring and the attachments that the early attachments that you make to a kid. And so I could see that this was not going well from my point of view. I mean, I was just, I was either very present or I was completely absent. 
you know, and I think when you've got drugs knocking around the house, um, when you've got a small child there, it's just, you know, it's just completely unworkable. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, what <clears throat> happened was I started just running away more and more. And these patches where I would go on, these binges would get longer and longer and longer. And by the end of that year, it was, it had come to the point where my wife had said to me, I'm now looking for a new place to live and I'm going to take Freya with me. And I think that combined with a sense of just total physical and mental exhaustion and a, and a feeling that I just had enough, um, the knowledge of all that. And, and I suppose in some ways the, the, the positive side, which was, hang on, if I get well and I get healthy, then I can actually be all the things that I really truly believe I am and I want to be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it all ended in a... I was staying at a friend's house he'd kind of give me the keys he wasn't there and I'd been there for like three or four days um using drugs and it, it I mean I thought I was I basically thought I was about to kill over and die and I thought if I wake up tomorrow morning then then I will I'm gonna turn over a new leaf and that is something a lot of addicts say to themselves <clears throat> a lot and it never happens no. or is you know um, I mean, breaking the cycle of addiction yeah. is something that, unfortunately, people some people never realise. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's an incredible yeah. thing they do. So, did, were, were you able to do that, Tom? Well, is yeah, that what happened? Funny enough, but I just knew. I just knew in my head. It's like I think you you, you suddenly realise. Oh yes, I, I am going to do this now. And no one else believed me. Like they'd heard it all before. Oh, you're going to start. Oh right, okay, yeah, we'll believe that. We see it. But that you know that was eight years ago now yeah. and not particularly helpful not that you're, you're expecting a great deal from a circle of people you know <laughs> lean, leaning into them is is important no. and looking for support but you know yeah. you've, I mean you've let them down so many times yeah. you have yeah. to just and if you're it. able to you, you can afford to put yourself somewhere away from everybody for yeah. a few days and you, and you can and you're that way inclined and that's what you're going to do because yeah. you know the blinkers are on yeah. then that's the sad thing is there's not really yeah. much that can be done you, you can love them try not to judge them but it's very hard, you know, because they they let you down and they destroy stuff and they, you know, there's the the you know we're 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 a, we're a kind of um, destructive breed um, addicts. Um, thankfully, in my case, I was able to stop it before it it killed me. But I think you know very often it it doesn't and it and it totally takes either either just completely destroys a person's mm. life or kills them and it, that's that's kind of the, the the worst thing and I'm very glad I skirted that and I feel you know it's interesting because I feel sort of since 2015 my my whole life has been completely different like it's been full of opportunities uh, full of just this I mean all that energy that you pour into kind of being a surreptitious sneaky drug user suddenly it can all go somewhere positive right you know yeah. you realize wow <clears throat> I really was using a lot of energy for something very negative, and now I can turn it something positive. So you know, I, I feel like I I can just about do all the things I want to do. You know, try and be a good husband, a good dad, uh, try and write songs. You know, do good live shows and uh, go fishing and play golf. Like the things that I love. Yeah. And, you know, they might not bring you wild highs or wild lows like the addiction did, but they just kind of they just you know it's like a kind of little wave that just sort of meanders along, and you and you can just life feels manageable and and simple and I, I mean i personally would much prefer that now than going back down the mine again well well done for you tom i mean it's, it's amazing and you know you, you'd mentioned previously uh, i read that you know you said that this experience had colored your life and mm. and it's 
you know, that's an interesting way of looking at things because what you're saying now is you know how that all feels. Yeah. You're not talking about that person as some, you know, a dark days that you don't want to talk about. You're looking at, like, I remember the highs. I certainly remember yeah. the lows. I know that I wasn't around. And now, because of all of that stuff... I'm enjoying life a lot better. I'm a yeah. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. A better musician. A better father. Yeah, I mean that's it, isn't it? Really, you've got to just learn from your mistakes as a human mm. being. Re- recognize that that's part of being human, and also um, accept that that's who you are as well. Like, I'm never not going to be that person who was kind of a, you know just. Well, <laughs> a lot of the time, useless disappearing act, and so. Um, I have to just, and also it's important for me to remember that because if I ever entertain the idea of going back down that road again, I have to be aware that that's that's what happens at, at the end of it. But yeah, I mean it's true that it, I would, I still wouldn't choose my life if I had it again. I wouldn't, I, I still would choose my life with the addiction uh-huh. because I think it's made me a better person having come through it. And I think it's funny because a lot of addicts say that they would rather have had it than not. Yeah, because it forces you to look at yourself in a kind of almost forensic way in which you would never have done otherwise and I found that very interesting and it's been the inspiration for a lot of music as well which which is quite handy Every guest I have here on the Dad Pod over the years has imparted a piece of dad vice Advice yes. for parents everywhere. Yeah. Uh, this okay. includes everyone from Rob Beckett to Samoa Farah via yeah. Tyson Fury, Chris and Rosie Ramsey, Tim Minchin. Um, what would your dad advice be to my, all of our listeners? Well, I think my dad advice, and this is something someone told me before we had Freya, and that was do not get competitive with your spouse about, uh, about parenting, about who's done what. Oh, I've already fallen into that trap so many times, Tom. (laughs) As soon as you feel yourself going into that place... Who's had the least amount of sleep here? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, (laughs) hopefully, if you're in a happy relationship, you're managing that stuff, and you're you're both doing a lot. And it is a lot, because parenting is an insane responsibility. (laughs) And and so, of course, you you are going to be divvying up the responsibilities. It's important that you just accept that you're both doing loads. And, ne- and never use it as a weapon, and particularly because I think the worst thing is when the kids start to hear that stuff. Because yeah. it, you know, what, what does that make a kid think about? You know how you feel about them. Mm. Oh, they're arguing about who's looked after me the most this yeah. week, or who's had to get up and you know play with my toys yeah. with me. You know, and, yeah. and that I think has a very negative effect on on the way a kid feels about their yeah. parents and also as an example of a relationship and that is another thing you're doing you're tr- trying to set an example of what a good relationship is yeah. to your kids so i think um yes that would be my advice don't get competitive very good advice tom i wish i'd learned it about three and a half years ago now <laughs> oh, i mean i still thought i'd still disobey my own rules don't worry but you know so long as you can kind of keep it as a mantra i think it is important to to remind yourself yeah it's yeah. a good one it really is um now we all know about the concept of the dad joke but i also like to ask all of my guests uh what do your kids do that make you laugh are, are they particularly you know sarcastic are they kind of clowning around do they call you silly names what what, what is um, it well gabriel see this is the thing so we had we've got an eight-year-old and a two-year-old and that is a big age gap and it's in those six years i had forgotten 
all of the bad stuff about bringing up an infant. <laughs> I mean, and also, I mean, I don't want to get into gender stereotyping, but based on my own analysis, Freya, as a, as a toddler, seemed somewhat easier than Gabriel, mm. who, I mean, I, I have, I'm not joking, f- literally, I would say between five and ten seconds of turning your back on him is all you've got before he's doing something stupid. <laughs> and it is, it, 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 like, I, like, I don't know, it's, it's like he's got, a, like, parts of his body sort of twitch in the direction of danger. Yeah. And he's over the knife section of the dishwasher, <laughs> yeah. just hovering his palm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, for, I mean, also one thing I was thinking today because I got up with him this morning. Uh, you know, it's a silly o'clock, and um, I was thinking to myself, never buy buy something that you or, or well put anything that you cherish into storage for the duration yeah. of the first four or five years of their lives. For example, we bought a... Um, a some people might think this is awful, but we bought a velvet... yellow velvet sofa, right? <laughs> Just after he was born. I don't know why we did it. It's the most uh, stupid We, we bought a pink velvet sofa. That's why I'm laughing, because right. I... <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> and, we, and it was all there. And we said, right, you kids, you've got to be really careful with this new sofa. As it, when something's new, yeah. you know, you're always like that. Well, anyway, as soon as he started going to nursery, he goes to nursery for like, a day and a half a week. And literally every week since lockdowns were over, he's come back with a new illness. And it's normally just a kind of... It's just exploding out of his face. Yeah, And, and he... Has he so, so he started to use this yellow velvet sofa? Has he got those little kind of poof cushions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And literally wiping his face in it oh, like yeah. this. And then we put a cover on it. Yeah. And he'd look at you and he'd pull up the cover and he'd. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, honestly, he's got it in for that sofa. There oh. are two other sofas in the room. He doesn't touch them. He knows that that sofa is precious to me and he's, he's just gradually destroying it. We bought the pink um, velvet sofa. Yeah. Again, people listening to this may think that's an error in itself, <laughs> but it's and it was. But it was a beautiful piece of furniture in our eyes, and it and it, and it went along with the, the the other stuff that was in the room, mm. which isn't pink. <laughs> um, but it, na- thinking about it when we got it and unwrapped it, and thinking about it now, two years mm. later, we have to have the sitting cushion bit up the other way because Evie has totally destroyed. So then we have to put cushions in key areas because you can see the zip cushion where you would, in theory, unzip it so you could get it dry cleaned, which we've done countless times. Yeah. In dry cleaning alone, I think we've doubled the amount of money we've spent on that sofa when we originally got it. Right. I think you've just got to to accept that that there's going to be kind of, you know, the pouches that they have. Do you you have those pouches? I mean, the amount of... Like, uh, I don't know, squished up vegetable juice that I find on the walls of our house. I can't believe it. Yeah. And in the carpets and on the sofa. Yeah. I mean, I just I just wonder how they actually manage it. How have they got the time to yeah. put, put, it, put it everywhere? But they, they seem to. And so I think you've just got to think to yourself, well, you know, maybe once... Well, this is the thing. I feel like I'm actually looking forward to them flying the nest. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> wow. All good. Just going for it. He's no messing about. Tom, tell us as it is. I've got a great question coming up, which I can't wait to ask well, you now. The thing is, I'm, I am a bit neurotic about, like, 
tidiness and the house being kind of looking sharp and nicely painted yeah. and, the, and as we discussed the, the yellow velvet so I'm, I am neurotic about all that stuff and I am having to really repress a lot of feelings at this point in my life uh, when it comes to my neurosis about the house and so I'm just thinking I do sometimes think Oh, you know, people do complain about them flying the nest, but I'm actually wondering whether I'm quite looking forward to it, so that we can decorate the house and then it'll yeah. be fine. And it'll be done. See, I, I am, I am exactly the same. And my sister, who's uh, two kids, uh, my nieces are, are ten and six. She saw me running around, pink velvet sofa, turning mm. the cushions, worrying mm. about steering Evie over here. And she just watched this for a while. She was over at the house. She just said, she said, you've got to stop fighting this battle, David. <laughs> It's a battle you're never going to win. <laughs> and I'm still not giving up the fight, I must yeah, admit. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment, yes. Um, so this is, uh, given that you just said you can't wait for him to fly the nest, this is always the heartwarming bit of the podcast, <laughs> the final question, which is, your kids hear this back in 15 years from now, yeah. what would you like to say to them? Um... Why haven't you gone yet? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that's probably it. No, I, I, oh, I don't know what I would say to them uh, if they were listening to this in 15 years. Um, I suppose, I, I think, you know, we've captured a lot of their behaviour on film. So I think if they think that when they're sort of 18 or whatever, they could somehow kind of whitewash over what happened when they were kids, they're wrong. <laughs> So just, I think I'm telling that to them now. Just remember <laughs> that we that that we have footage, we have evidence to prove that you are horrible pieces of work. <laughs> um, Tom Chaplin, that has been one of my most enjoyable episodes of the Dad Pod that I've ever been part of. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Dave. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about uh, hearing some new music and, I, and I'm, I'm so pleased that we got to talk um, about your family and, and I, I thank you for being so open and honest and, and so hilariously funny as well. Um, you're welcome back anytime, Tom. See you soon. I'd love to. Thanks, the wonderful, informative and very entertaining Tom Chaplin there. As always, a follow, like, subscribe, nice comment and review for the Dad Pod wherever you get your podcast is much appreciated. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with me via my Instagram, which is Dave underscore Berry underscore Insta or email DaveBerryDadPod at gmail.com. My Dad Pod will be back with another episode and another fascinating guest very soon. Until then, thanks again for listening. Listening.